We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Obviously, the midterm election's coming up on Tuesday. And look, there's no shortage of attention on candidates like J.D. Vance, the Ohio governor's race. But the races that may matter more to you in your life where you live are state races and that's why you have to be informed and it's why i'm happy to bring you people who i have uh, great regard for and who i think will do a great job in the ohio state house beth lear is one of those beth is running to represent district 61 that's mostly delaware and knox county beth tell me what motivated you to get into the race yes it is a new district a little new um, they changed the townships in delaware that are included in the district and they divided Knox County. So I only have about a third of Knox in the district. And the current district has all of Knox. And the Delaware portion added Orange Township, which includes the Columbus portions of Delaware County, Polaris and Lewis Center. And we lost Kingston Township up in the north. So it's a little bit of a redraw, but pretty similar. And What got me into it was just getting tired of the same old, same old, the party apparatus, having their own hand-picked people that they put in place. I've, I've worked with the Republican Party basically my entire adult career, and I think that we need strong voices who aren't owned by anyone, and that's really what motivated me because... I love what the Republican Party stands for, but I will not allow the party bosses or the big money donors to dictate policy. I want to do what's best for the people in the district, and that's the main reason I decided I was going to go ahead and run. Well, I'm excited about what the Ohio State House can become because of new candidates like you and Omar Tarazi in the Hilliard area. And uh, you have an extensive background in service in your community. You're a local kid. You graduated from Olentangy High School, Ohio State. You uh, were in the Air Force. You've served your country. You served in the Middle East. I think you resonate with what the conservative party is or conservatives are and hopefully what the Republican Party will become. As you talk to voters, what are they most concerned about right there in uh, Delaware and the part of Knox County that you're going to be representing? Well, I think it won't surprise you, Bruce, what the people are telling me. I mean, it's the economy, the economy, the economy. Um, Crime, to an extent, uh, is a concern, but also education. And I really, I was shocked uh, when I was knocking doors. And I was over in Lewis Center in the same area where my mother used to have an apartment. And she paid just about five years ago, seven or eight hundred dollars a month and had to move because the cost was prohibitive for um, an elderly single woman. And I ran into a person living in the same complex and that is now costing her twelve hundred a month. And she said it's going up five hundred dollars a month Mm. beyond that. So 
and hearing from people and the prices that they're paying at the grocery. And um, I also talked to a woman who said she's working two jobs and her husband is now working two jobs. These issues are massive. And when it comes to parents, the things that they're seeing in their schools, um, it's not education. It's not academics. And we've got people who've moved up into really great districts who are now so concerned they're paying massive taxes but sending their kids to private schools anyway. So we really need to get a handle on what's going on in our culture, making sure that we're doing the best we can for parents and students, and telling the federal government no on a lot of these economic issues. We've got to start pushing back, use the Tenth Amendment, and slap Biden back down because he is overreaching beyond anything I've ever seen. Yeah, I, did, I totally uh, agree with you on that. We're talking with Beth Lear, and Beth is running to represent District 61. Uh, she's a Republican candidate. Re- District 61 is largely Delaware and Knox counties. Uh, I'm interested in your district educationally because the more I hear about the Olentangy School District, uh, the more I am concerned for parents like you and for some of my Olentangy Tiger moms up there. Uh, I think we're going to have an opportunity, State House, for instance, uh, to get the backpack bill passed. Are you a supporter of the backpack bill? I definitely support the idea. I need to take a look at how it's written. I want to make sure that everyone is protected in addition um, to being uh, provided with the state funding that every child has a right to. Um, you have people complain that, well, wealthy parents shouldn't get it. The purpose of public education is for every child to have access to a high-quality education, whether they're inner-city poor students or whether they're well-to-do Olentangy kids. And those parents want the same access. So we talked, actually, at Olentangy back in the spring about the backpack bill, and they're only getting, I think, somewhere around 1000 maybe $1,100 per student from the state because we're still relying too much on property tax and their property taxes are huge in Olentangy. So the state feels we don't have to give them that much. Well, with the backpack bill, they're looking at getting over $6,000 per student instead of 1,000. And while that may not seem fair to people in inner city districts, they're getting over Mm $20,000 per student Mm -hmm. in Columbus. So it's completely fair. Kids have a right to go to a school that's going to be best for them, whether it's public, public charter, private, or homeschool. Beth Lear is our guest. And Beth, tell people where they can find out more about you, learn about your resume, learn about your goals for serving District 61. I have a Facebook page, Beth Lear for State Representative, but also a website, bethlear.com. Um, or if you're really wanting to type in more information, you can type in learforliberty.com. I believe you can also reach me there. And you can uh, access me through email, through that website. If you have questions or comments, I would love to hear from people in the district. And I would love to know if uh, you have concerns that are different than those that we talked about today, the crime the economy and education, because I want to hear from the folks and know what your needs are. My job is to serve. You know, Beth, I, I'm curious uh, to get your read on your district. I know you've been out knocking on doors and talking with people, and I think for people who are going to be in the state house going forward, uh, as I view it, the key issues 
are going to be centered around our kids in schools and the whole uh, transgender ideology. There are a bunch of bills that could intersect into one, but the concepts are essentially, you know, to push back against the Biden attempt to expand Title IX to include gender protections, to protect uh, women's sports. That's a Jenna Powell bill that's been in the state house. House Bill 454 and House Bill 616, one would preclude the medical profession from giving uh, drugs to minors who want to transition their gender, and the other would uh, protect kindergarten, first, second, and third graders from sexual ideology, gender identity, indoctrination in schools. I I just wonder, are those controversial issues in Olentangy? Because it sure seems like the superintendent and the school board are on board with those, but I know there are a lot of parents who are not. Well, I will tell you, I'm in Big Walnut District, and even though I grew up in Olentangy, it's very different uh, from when I was there, K-12, through all in one building, which was a long time ago, or it feels that way some days. And I have not had a chance to sit down with their superintendent. I intend to reach out to him. Um, I have heard concerns when I've knocked uh, in Orange Township, Um, and I don't know that it's really different from many other schools. We have a conservative majority school board in Big Walnut, and they're finding things every day that surprise them. I believe the majority of teachers want to do what's best for kids. I think it only takes a handful to distort the culture in a school. So um, I'm going to be working with all the superintendents, I hope, to uh, begin to look at what's actually going on, pulling back the curtain so that the teachers can see you know, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, uh, who's really back there, what are they really pushing, what's their agenda. It should be math and science and reading and writing and real history. It shouldn't be indoctrination, but we've got some folks in our community and in our nation that really want to divide us right now. So we've got to be willing to stand up and not care about the name-calling, not care about the accusations, because we have to do what's best for future generations, or we will have no country to give them. Well, I couldn't have said that better myself. Uh, that's why uh, you need to remember the name, Beth Lear, running for District 61 representative, Ohio State House. If you're in Delaware, Knox County, make sure that you remember Beth Lear, what she stands for when you go to the polls on November the 8th. Beth, I wish you well with your campaign, and I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you for your time, and go vote, everybody, November 8th. Uh, my friend Alan Rogers is uh, flying the ship today in place of uh, producer Pam. Alan, um, meant to text you last night. I uh, I watched your alma mater chase a regional volleyball championship. Yeah, they last got night. swept, didn't they? And they did. I was in the house. Yeah, needed <laughs> needed your help and athleticism out there on the court. <laughs> the Cardington Lincoln. Is it Pirates? Yeah, the Pirates. The Pirates. Uh, yeah, they did not fare well against the Versailles Tigers. But they were like the number three. The Versailles was number three. They were like one of the top ranked. Team, yeah, they're so. good. They're very good. So I was a Cardington has a has recently in the last several years had a really good girls programs in volleyball, softball. They've been state runner ups mm-hmm. a couple times. Uh, made the final four. Uh, so Their girls basketball is good as girls well. Basketball, is it not? yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Well, whoever number eleven is for Cardington, she was very special player yeah. last night. The ball wound up on her hand. The point was over. Mm. She was quite good. So yeah, they just need more of them. Pleasure right. watching uh, your Cardington Lincoln Pirates. Last night. It is not a pleasure to watch uh, our president demonize 
half the country. Now, I had a guy the other day on Twitter say, it's not half the country. Uh, Donald Trump only got 75 million votes. There's 300 million people in the country. It's not half the country. Well, here's my, I didn't respond because I never respond to people on Twitter. 75 million people voted. Do you think any of them have children? Do you think any of them have influence over other Americans? Uh, I voted for Donald Trump. My wife voted for Donald Trump. We have three kids, okay? So that's five people who would be like-minded in wanting Donald Trump to have been our 46th president instead of Joe Biden. Trump's 45. How does that work? Are you the 45th, like, forever, or are you the 45th and 46th? I suppose you're the 45th forever because, you know, you're not a new person. I was told to be no math. Yeah, thank you. Sorry about that. But anyway, uh, Joe Biden... Uh, will not relent in this, that, you know, the election will only be free and fair if his side wins. That's the translation. Uh, but uh, this is the most objectionable thing that he says. He says it every speech, and every time he says it, it sets me off. Trust me, every time he says it, it sets me off. We're the United States of America. Oh, shut up. There's nothing, nothing, nothing beyond our capacity. And I mean it. No, you don't mean it. We're the United States of America. There's nothing beyond our capacity. After you lecture us about how evil we are because we don't subscribe to your radical ideology. Don't hector me about being your enemy because I don't share your views on abortion or the border or foreign policy or domestic policy or economic policy. Don't badger me, hector me, finger wag me, and tell me what a despicable, terrible, awful, fascist extremist I am. And then end with, we can all do it together because we see you united. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. I hope you're talking to Biden there, not me. That was going to be after Biden. Yeah, it just... It's infuriating. So, you know, violent extremists, violent extremists, violent extremists. Have you heard about this story? Associated Press says, A recent shooting at the Hickory, North Carolina residence of Republican congressional candidate Pat Harrigan's parents and young children caused no injuries, but placed tremendous stress on the family in the final weeks of the campaign. Harrigan, a firearms manufacturer and U.S. Special Forces veteran. How many Democrats, by the way, do you see that actually served our country in the military? How many? Doesn't seem like very many to me, other than Tulsi Gabbard, who says she's not a Democrat anymore. Harrigan is running against Democratic State Senator Jeff Jackson for an open U.S. House seat in a new district west of Charlotte. His mother told the Associated Press on Thursday that she and her husband were watching television down the hall when a bullet shattered their laundry room window on the night of October the 18th. So this is more than two weeks old that their house was shot up, the parents of a Republican congressional candidate whose children, aged three and five, were asleep in the bedroom directly above the room where the shooting occurred. The kids have been living with the grandparents during the campaign cycle. They've now been relocated out of state because, of course, this young man running for uh, running for the state house, or running for the U.S. House in North Carolina is a little on edge because some crackpot 
shot up his parents' house where his kids were sleeping. Now, this happened on October the 18th. Did this lead the New York Times? Did this lead the Washington Post? Did it lead the Raleigh News and Observer? Did you hear it reported on CNN? Has Don Lemon been talking about how deplorable it is that there's violence? I don't think so. I don't think so. What would have happened if this had been the liberal running in this race? You know exactly what would have happened. The same thing that's happened since the weird, goofy, awful hammer attack on Paul Pelosi. It would be co-opted to indicate, you see, you see, January 6th. Hey, you know those January 6th people had zip ties. And the guy going after Paul Pelosi had zip ties. So that is why that guy went after Paul Pelosi because he's a January 6th insurrectionist motivated by Donald Trump's crazy rhetoric and all the people who would vote for Donald Trump. You know who else had zip ties? The guy who showed up to try to kill Brett Kavanaugh had zip ties. Did you hear that report? Oh, look, this guy, zip ties. Mm, Wow. Because even the Democrats are not stupid enough to try to portray the person attempting to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh as a January 6th-er. But this view from the White House, and it's articulated every single day or implied every single day, that you're awful, terrible, horrible, evil, because you dare to question the great Joe Biden and his policies and the impact of his policies. Here's his reader-in-chief, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the other day. The president has long talked about our nation being at an inflection point. He has been clear democracy is under assault and we cannot pretend otherwise. The president will continue to call attention to the threat to to democratic integrity and to public safety posed by those who deny the documented truth about election results and those who seek to undermine public faith in our system of government. Now that's interesting since she has been an election denier saying that Brian Kemp stole the Georgia gubernatorial election from Stacey Abrams four years ago. James Clyburn, without whom Joe Biden would have been dead in the water and lost to Bernie Sanders, James Clyburn questioned the 2004 presidential election of George W. Bush, saying that voting machines were used to steal votes from John Kerry. So there's Corinne Jean-Pierre and James Clyburn. I played you the cut from Hillary Clinton saying that the 2024 election is going to be stolen because Republicans have a plan to do that. And Joe Biden the other night laid the foundation for questioning the upcoming election by saying, you know, the results are going to take two or three days and this is normal in America. No, it is not normal in America, nor is it normal for any president who's supposed to represent and said in his inaugural address he would address that he would represent the whole country. To say that half the nation who disagrees with him on policy is therefore out to end our democracy. No, our democracy will survive, and hopefully Tuesday it will bite you hard right on the derriere.